0: Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour half-hour podcast. This is episode 170. I'm your host, Wendy, and today, obviously, things are different because John's not here doing his normal open welcome for everyone. Uh, instead, I am here with Mike Sipple Jr. Mike, how are you today?
1: I am great, Wendy. It's great to be with all of the guests of the HR Social Hour Half Hour podcast.
0: Yes. Um, so, John and Mike and I had a uh, wild hair idea to do some crossovers and uh, do some sharing and uh, just changing it up a little bit. That it can be fun to switch things up. And John or Mike was game for it. So, you are actually. Um, we're going to encourage you to go over to the Talent Magnet Institute podcast later and listen to John chatting with Katrina on that podcast. You have been on the social hour a couple of times. How does it feel to be on the other side of the mic?
1: (laughs) This is a very exciting opportunity, Wendy, because I just, in the last, I drove to Nashville three weekends ago and uh, listen to like six episodes just to prepare <laughs> myself for how do I get that great mojo that Wendy and John bring in this um, in this podcast. So uh, it feels really great. It's uh, awesome to sit across the the uh, screen and microphones from you.
0: I love it. Well, I'm excited, and uh, we've got a great episode today. Um, Katrina has been on the show before, so we won't bore you all with a uh, with a full bio. Um, so, Mike, I will let you uh, kick it off here.
1: I get to kick it off and ask the infamous question, Katrina, yes. what's in your glass?
2: Right now, just water. Uh, <laughs> it's early. <Good> <laughs> uh, yeah. But... Typically I have, I just started making these iced mochas at home. I finally brought, broke down and bought the chocolate milk. Everybody chocolate milk is greater than Hershey syrup and I'm not quitting <laughs> sugar anytime soon. So I'm going to enjoy it. That's
1: awesome. That's awesome. That
0: sounds so good. <laughs>
2: it so it good. makes a difference. Throw a couple shots of espresso in there. Mm. You got it. it, it, it oh my it.
0: gosh. Yum. I Well, Katrina, you were first on the HR Social Hour back in November of 2018 um, on episode 41, which is crazy for me to think that we've been doing this this long. So what have you been up to?
2: (laughs) Well, uh, in November of 2018, I was about six months into starting a company called Three Years Media. And now I'm three years into starting that company. And it's nothing like I expected. (laughs) Hell. Uh, so in the last year, I, I think, so that first year, I very much thought I would do writing for every part of recruiting, emails, websites, all the things. And we, we do some of that, but now we are hyper-specialized and we write job postings. That's That's pretty much what we do because... I ran into so many recruiting problems that I really thought could be solved with writing. But the one where there was just an incredible opportunity to make a shift is in the job posting. And so in the last year, I've been able to take that core curriculum of how to write a job post that I I learned by doing a lot. Um, And I can tell that story some other time, but I... We wrote a ton of job postings, and now we've moved to a place where we're actually learning how to remove bias from job Mm. postings. I just completed a 100-year research study on postings to understand how technique, not just language, brings bias into those postings. And I got to tell you, like, it's making life really interesting and very cool to be able to add that research element to something that seems so standardized in the world of recruiting.
0: It's amazing how much of language is, is subconscious to us that, you know, you don't go out and read and go, Oh yeah, I see that bias there because it's so ingrained in, in, in great what we read and do. So kudos.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like that old bias. There are some DEI experts who use this one. They walk into a room and they say, okay, everyone picture a pilot. And they go, was he white? Was he older? Was he a man? And they go, and they're like you're biased, right? Yeah. I mean, the word pilot, I didn't say anything else about them. So think about how that would play out when we're doing skill-based language in recruiting. For example, all the leadership keywords are masculine keywords, mm-hmm. but I think there's a little bit of fault with that. And I'm biased, right? I'm non-binary. And so I struggle with the idea that the boy words and the girl words and like you just put them in one bucket and that's what they are. And that's what prompted me doing that research study.
1: Wow. So Katrina, you were um, in, with episode 41. This is coming out as episode 170. So congratulations to the HR Social Hour and its community. But you clearly have found a niche in helping organizations write job postings that are unbiased and interesting. Um, What are the top three things that you consistently see that folks could easily fix in their postings just to make incremental change?
2: So the first one is the job title. People are completely guessing. And that's completely unnecessary. If you want to pick the right job title, I have an entire YouTube tutorial on it that'll take you two minutes to watch, but literally Google the job title and the word resume and then click on the image search results. If those resumes do not match, you are posting the wrong job title. So that's number one. Number two, if you start with a paragraph all about you, you've done something wrong. The entire purpose of a job posting is to ask someone else. Do you want to do this job? And can you do this job? If you don't get that done in the first paragraph, you've probably wasted someone's time. And the third one is that I want you to write about skills, not quantify experiences. So if you look at your posting right now and it says five years of this, two years of that, stop, right? All you're doing is creating age bias. What you mean when you say 15 years experience is I want someone 15 years older. That's it because it's not equivalent, right? So, and here's the example that I always give for the last three years, I've been CEO of three years media for the last three years. Jeff Bezos has been CEO of Amazon. We both have executive leadership experience three plus years. Do we have this new experience? Absolutely not. You want to write about the actual experiences they have had? Not some laundry list of skills. And if you can just do those three things, they'll be much better. I think there's more, but I would start there.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah. And those are very applicable. I mean, I have to admit, when I heard you say that, walk through those three things, I go, ooh, I need to make sure that our, our job descriptions are quantifying the actual experiences that we need and not weaving in the biases that really plague us when we try to create those if we've been doing those for decades right yeah
2: that's why i'm so busy right is because <laughs> i can search any word on a job board and find a bad job posting mm. we're not at the place where people understand that we need to talk to other people like humans and i know that doesn't seem like a novel concept but when people start to write a job post do you know what 99 of those people do first copy and paste someone else's awful job posting. Even if you paid for some augmented writing tool, you know what the base for that was? A bajillion awful job postings. <laughs> I don't like those tools, right? Yeah. Because there was no good data set. I own the good data set, wow. right? I've written the good data set. I, I jokingly mentioned that I learned I, I learned how to write job postings by writing a lot. Long story short, I did a speaking gig where they asked me to write about job postings. And I was like, I don't know how to write job postings. And they're like, figure it out. So I took a copywriter and a marketer's approach to writing job postings for a 30-minute presentation for Bamboo HR. And at the very end, I told them I would write their job posting for free if they contacted me because I was that invested in learning how to do this. Mike, would you believe that 300 people contacted me in 30 minutes? And then another 300, and another over a thousand people. And I'm stubborn enough, army brat, et cetera, et cetera. You can talk to my therapist, but I, I'm stubborn enough. I did every single one.
1: Wow, that's incredible.
2: I wrote every single one. I learned every niche. I, I dug into every industry, and what I found is that they're all the same. Because we need people to talk about work like humans, and it needs to be so clear that a stranger on the street could read it and be like, Oh hell no, I'm not doing that. Right. Right. Whether it's a software engineer or a trash man. And when we figured that out, that's when I was like, I can teach other people how to do this, but that's how I came to this. I didn't, there was no expert on job postings before this. No one has taken the time to invest the amount of time that I've taken at this point to learn this topic. We've seen it from every corner
0: and i have looked i have looked for other people to help and no one else is doing it so i you know it's not just you tuning your own horn katrina but no one else is doing that and uh i'm glad that you are because your job description is different from your posting and we have to stop focusing on years of experience it's about Mm -hmm. skills and it has to be about skills if we want to be unbiased so katrina you you are a business owner which we love what was the biggest challenge that you faced during the pandemic and how did you address it?
2: I'm going to be really honest with you in February of 2020, I was about to have the biggest year of my life. I had 20 speaking gigs booked in February 20. Wow. I had three contracts that would have changed everything. Um, with big hospitality companies, resorts, amusement parks. Yep. Yep. Wow. And I'll never forget sitting in LA getting all this news. Like everything was just kind of coming together and I was actually doing a team training on the road. Right. It was (sighs) remarkable. And within two weeks of that training, every single one of those gigs was canceled. Mm -hmm. And all 20 speaking gigs were either moved to remote. Actually at the time they canceled all of them. They didn't even know what they were doing. Right. And all the contracts gone. So that, that was hard uh-huh. That because I am a very type A, follow the rules. If I do all the work, then I'll get the outcome kind of person. I, I truly believe that. I grew up an army brat. And what I realized is that there's no formula for success. And that when we create just to make money, it's not good enough. Not for me. When I create from love, from true passion in which you've probably already picked up. I'm very passionate about job postings, you know, Uh and and it's because I care. It's because I know that access to work matters. It's bigger than that. And so my, my pivot was to lean into what I love instead of leaning into what I thought would be profitable. And in that time, that downtime, so to speak, I didn't really take a break because I have a work problem. Mike Sippel and I talked about that a little before we started recording. I, I wrote a course, I wrote an online course during that time and recorded it from my home and started creating more resources for people. I did healthcare job postings so that healthcare workers could find emergency workers faster. I, I truly did things that I thought mattered for real people to be able to do the right thing at this time when nothing felt sure. And I think that's what made our business survive. We started writing LinkedIn profiles. We realized that that formula of writing a great job posting, that clarity, that works for LinkedIn too. The intake almost works exactly the same way for me. And I have a weird circus trick that I can write live. So we started doing live job rewrites. So we could do lower price points for people with lower budgets because everything was getting cut because of the uncertainty right? So 24 million people lost their jobs and we figured out how to give them something to help them get back to work. Um, these companies are all starting to hire again. We figured out something to help them create better job postings in a, in a market where there's not a lot of candidate flow. Um, and we're able to give access to education. And so I'm really proud looking back now a year later to know that even with all of that great loss and the surprises and the disappointment honestly, I'm I'm really proud to say that I feel like we did the right thing.
1: That's awesome. Katrina, in late uh, 2020, you shared that you're now using they, them as your pronouns. This has been an important topic in the business world in the last few years. What are your recommendations for companies to create an inclusive, welcoming environment for all? Ah, That's
2: a big question, right? So I'm just going to give like, my little one swing at it. Um, and this is actually something that I'm working on right now for pride month. So anyone feel free to contact me because it's new, right? I said, I'm starting to create from the love and, and that's where this is, that's where this is coming from. And so for me, I believe that people only change when we connect statistics with stories. So I believe that to create an inclusive environment, we need to open ourselves to hearing more stories from each other and learning from each other. Whether it's being able to have a quick remote conversation where we get to talk about, um, you know, my partner or you get to learn about my life or you get to see these flags and learn things about who I am. Because I think that's the first step towards belonging in an actual inclusive culture is to actually include who we are. I also think so I, I would say, number one, invite more stories in. And create more opportunities for your people to tell each other their stories. That's number one. Number two is there's little steps, right? There's there's little ways that we crack the door for other people. And so that maybe that's putting pronouns in your email signature or on your whatever Zoom, Teams, whatever you're doing. Maybe it's... Having family days where you invite everyone, you invite your boyfriends, girlfriends, partners, spouses, whatever, but I truly believe it has to start with just expanding each other a little bit with vulnerability, you know, and I don't know the right answer. I think it's hard. It's hard to create an inclusive culture when we've lived in a world that is so binary for so long, right? I mean, think about like mob men and stuff, right? Like the girls wore this and the boys wore this, and that wasn't that long ago. Like people who worked then are, are still alive. So, mm-hmm. and work hasn't changed that much. I mean, I know for a fact there's a nonprofit in Florida that requires women to wear skirts if they work at the front desk. Oh my gosh. They have to. Mm-hmm. It's policy. Yeah. Okay. So, so what now? Or like, I remember working at American Eagle in high school and being punished for wearing men's clothing. I have a Discount is my discount. I can buy what I want. No, no, you can't. Right. I don't, I think we're taking baby steps, but we, in my mind, it's like, I don't know everything, but if, if I and people like me tell our stories, we might open someone's mind 50%. They, they might know 50% more than they did today. And, and the person who knows nothing is like opening that door. And that's the kind of impact that I think is important to have right now is just keep opening the door because we can't wait anymore for people to know each other and be who they are.
1: Yeah. The comment you shared on, you know, what I hear is bringing your whole self, but creating an environment that allows others to bring their whole selves, and then being in a heart of acceptance. That, like, I want to know your whole self. Mm-hmm. I want yeah. to know the goodness that's inside of you and everyone on our team, in our networks, in our communities. Um, and you're right. I, I think you, you know, you can view the comment around 50% more. I mean, you're always going to learn a lot more than what you didn't know when you invest time in awesome humans who bring lots of different experiences and beliefs with them. So, um, so bringing their whole selves takes work too, right? Takes a lot of work to prep yourself for what that means and a, a, a culture of trust that and safety that you're allowed to actually do that.
2: You just said it. So I love to hike, right? But when you hike, you have to be prepared. You need to pack your bag. You need to think through all of your things I think of the DEI journey, the journey to belonging inclusion as a journey, not a destination. Mm -hmm. That means there will be mishaps there. You know, you won't have everything you need, but you have to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And, And the way that I think of it is like, when we think about this, I don't want you to think of some group of people getting special treatment. That's not what this is. What it is, is that you get to prepare yourself to be a safe place for other people. And I don't want to work with people who don't look forward to that opportunity. Mm -hmm. I don't. And I would hope other people feel that strongly. Again, it is not special treatment. It's I am preparing myself to be a safe place for other people to exist. God, what a good life. Yeah. Right. Every day I prepare myself.
0: Uh, well, Katrina, uh, John and I are now outsourcing some of our work and asking our guests for what questions they want to ask. Um, so our previous guest, Talia Edmondson asks, when you look back over the last 12 months, where do you believe you've been most impactful?
2: I think this is LinkedIn rewrites. Uh, genuinely, because I I remember someone said to me, you made me feel like Superwoman. Is that extra? I love it. It's very rare in our career that someone holds up a mirror and goes, "Do you see how good you are? Do you see how amazing you are? Let me tell your story and makes it easy and it's not some fabricated, I'm a highly talented business professional who wants to collaborate with that's not me. you know and And I literally I'm looking around my desk right now, of course, in a podcast, you're probably not here. you can't see me, but I have artifacts all over my office from people who have sent, they've sent me gifts
0: Hmm.
2: because the gift of being able to see yourself and to know your talent and be able to pursue jobs that you never thought you were qualified for before, to be able to know that you're not a customer support specialist. You are a recruiting operations manager. You have that experience. Let me show you. And to be able to tell your story and be really, really proud of that, to have access to work. To me, that's more. You know, these job postings, they matter to me because I know they influence people I'll never meet. And, and that's great. But the people I do get to meet, they make my day every single day. Every single time. I, I just, it means a lot to me, really. I didn't know I could get, get all of my feels today, guys. Come on.
1: Great. Just bring in your whole self, Katrina. <laughs> hey. Bring your whole self. we have self. fun? All the feelings. So good. good. Yeah. So good.
0: Love it. And on that note, we are going to take a quick break.
1: This episode of the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast is brought to you by People Element. People Element helps you act with confidence to improve the work experience for your employees and improve productivity, retention, and engagement. Their flexible, all-in-one employee experience and engagement measurement solution gives you an enduring capability to understand your people and take the right actions to continuously improve the things that matter to the success of your business. People Element is built for your success. To learn more about People Element, visit peopleelement.com. Thanks again to People Element for sponsoring the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. Now, back to the show.
0: All right, we are back. And uh, so Katrina, you have been down this road before, but it is now everyone's favorite part of our show, which is the half hour question connection. We have mixed it up a little bit, but um, what career did you dream of having when you were a child?
2: I wanted to be a doctor or a teacher. I wanted to help people. I, I've i always had that little thing that was like, if you if you need someone, you should be able to come to me. And for me, you know, I always saw doctors and teachers as the person that you could go to and trust.
1: Katrina, who is the one person you've gained in your network in the last year that you think more people should know? That's a great question. You know,
2: Minda Hearts, when you said she was the only other person who had been on two, I literally grabbed my chest because I was like, <gasps> you know, I, I teach Minda's class at NYU. I've read her book. I I interact with her pretty regularly and I really love what she brings to the table the table. (laughs) And yes, that was a book tip pun.
0: How do you maintain balance?
2: Hmm. I control what I can. So for me, balance is in the mornings, I have a very strict schedule. It makes me very happy. Um, And it kind of puts me in a calm place for during the day where i have no balance. <laughs> and i say that with love, right? Like i appreciate that. I i love being busy. I love that we're growing. And i know i can't control every day. There's i have to be flexible. So i keep my morning schedule very strict. I also i try to keep all of my meetings to Tuesdays and Thursdays. So i coach every day of the week, but i really try to get Anything that's sales or business check-in kind of oriented, I just do marathons on Tuesdays and Thursdays and I don't even try to do any work. And I gotta be honest with you, that has really been good for my brain to like focus when I can and focus on connecting consistently all day, right? And then the next day being able to connect consistently with my creativity and my flow. That's the hard part about being a writer and running a company at the same time. I'm supposed to be super creative and, you know, run a company.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right. And all of that, that that brings. Yes. So how do you enjoy giving back to the HR community?
2: Yeah. Well, I'm giving, I've given a lot of those LinkedIn rewrites away. Um, and I think too, and Wendy, you mentioned this at the beginning, right? I write so that people have resources to get the answers they need, because Hmm. when it came to the job posting, it just felt like everybody was giving the same generic advice. Everybody was giving you the same, like lead with skills and expertise, and then do this and and that's bullshit. Like, and so I I enjoy giving back by writing stories that help connect people to data. Like I said earlier, right? Connecting stories to, t- to statistics makes change easier because recruiting is not easy. Hiring is not easy, but the one thing we can control is how we ask, right? And you can always go to Katrina com and learn how to be a better asker.
0: <laughs> I love it. What is your favorite movie?
2: Ooh, so I'm not a big movie person, and I know that's like a, not a great thing to say, but I really just don't have the attention spans. <laughs> um, I I really love like rom-coms, so maybe like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, because I, I love the familiarity of it. I've seen yeah. it so many times that it's just hilarious. Or
1: Bridesmaids, another
2: classic.
0: Bridesmaids is awesome.
1: That's, that's, a, that's a classic. <laughs> now I want to go watch it. What 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 was the first concert, Katrina, that you ever attended? No one will expect this. You ready? No judgment.
2: I went to a Christian rock concert at a state fair wow. and I listened to Jars of Clay. That was my first Sorry, concert. Oh awesome. wow. I
0: that's like their awesome. music. I haven't listened to them in a long time, but I, I do Yeah. It was great. Do you like their music?
2: That's great. County Fair in like rural <laughs> Georgia. <laughs> Which
0: is where you would have seen them. I mean that's that's where they would have been. So perfect sense. Yes. Katrina, what was the last show you binge watched?
2: Um oh I watched couples therapy on so they did a preview of it on Prime and it's on Showtime normally. And it's literally people watching you watch other people's couples therapy. (laughs) And it is fascinating. So good. Also eye-opening, like the questions that she asks, and then she goes to a therapist and talks through all of her cases. And so you really get the perspective of what it feels like to be a therapist while simultaneously learning, I think, about yourself and the relationships in your life.
0: Interesting.
1: That's fascinating. I'm going to add that to my watch list. (laughs) Oh, God. So Katrina, what's a hobby or thing that you do that may surprise people?
2: I really love to arrange flowers. Um, I do it every single weekend. I buy a bunch of flowers from the clearance bin and I make arrangements that I just put all over my house. And they bring me so much joy. I also take them to some of my friends through I, – I go to the YMCA and I, I'm part of their board as well. And so that's – I take them over to like the older women who I know are like single yeah. and alone and, and just – Give them a little mason jar of flowers. There's nothing nothing better to make someone's day wow. than someone's. I like that. That's like awesome.
0: That. Um although yes, I, I think of all of the questions, all the answers we've gotten to this question, pretty sure that's the one that has surprised me the most. I'll just say it. Um I just <laughs> picturing you arranging flowers is one of those, hmm, I think I can see it.
2: <laughs> I, I black I put records on uh, on Sunday mornings and I make coffee. I go to the grocery store in the yeah. like really early. This is my routine yeah. every weekend. Go super early when no one else is there. I come home. I put away all the stuff. I put on my records and I listen to music. And I arrange flowers for like an wow. hour. I love it. And then I cook. I cook I for like two more hours. And I cook all my food through Thursday of the week because I have no balance in my life, and so all my food is prepared, and I don't have to worry about not eating during
0: the week. I love it.
1: Wow. I I love that's it. awesome.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, finally, Katrina, um, as I said earlier, we are outsourcing some of our work here. Um, if you could ask the next guest of the podcast any question, what would it be?
2: I don't want to throw anything <laughs> too hard.
0: Hey, you could go super um, soft, super hard. We've gotten the whole gamut. I love this. All right. This is my new favorite part of our show.
2: <laughs> what do you do to make the world a better place?
0: Hmm. Oh, I like that. Right. That's nice. That's nice. Uh, well, Katrina, that, that's it. We are so stoked that you joined us again on the HR Social Hour and this very special series that we are doing in conjunction with Mike Sipple Jr. and Talent Magnet Institute, just to um, kind of shake things up a little bit, you know, keep doing the same thing. This has been so much fun. <laughs>
1: I'm so happy to be here. Katrina we literally planned this. I think we've been talking about this this uh series swap for over a year. Yeah. I and think we so. went we went to really, you know, if we're going to do this, let's get the right guests yep. who can cover content for both and um and it's an honor to be here with you for this episode. Um episode 170, we both get to celebrate yes. with John and Wendy and we're so thankful you said yes. Uh, mm-hmm. To our ask for you to join both of us.
2: Of course. No, I'm honored. I'm, I'm
1: always honored to come
2: back. Well, Katrina,
0: um, for those who probably don't, who may not know you, but are find, meeting you for the first time, or maybe they've just forgotten that they know you, what is the best way for people to find you out on the interwebs?
2: Yep. So I'm the only Katrina Kibben in the world. So if you spell my name right, you'll find me. Or go to threeearsmedia.com, all spelled out three E's and three ears. <laughs>
0: I love it. Mike, how about
1: you? Um, you can reach me at mikesipplejr.com, mikesipplejr.com, or visit us at talentmagnet.com. And uh, just hit us up on social media. We look forward to connecting with all of you.
0: Awesome. And as for me, you can find me on Twitter, Wendell93. Um, I am there definitely the second and fourth Sunday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And you know what? I didn't say this earlier, but we do have a sponsor. We are sponsored for the month of May by... People Element. Um, So thank you, People Element, for um, sponsoring the show, for sponsoring a Twitter chat. We are so excited to be sponsored or partnered with you for the month of May. Um, So be sure to check out the show notes for links to everything we've talked about, including People Element. Um, Katrina, Mike, this has been a blast. I am so excited that we did this. So excited we finally got the schedule to work out. (laughs) Uh, So, For the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, this is Wendy. Don't forget to connect, give back, and network. We'll see you soon.